I'm going to do the old story. You've heard it before, but it's a very, to me, it's a very good demonstration or uh, example. So there's the snake. Every year the snake molts its skin, yes? Come on in here. There's no meaning over there. That's the, the anti non duality meaning. You, know? you don't want to go there. I'm just checking to see if I all right, well, they're, they're not welcoming, so. <laughs> this is much more welcoming, because we see you as you are, which is nothing. So here, so every year, snake molts its skin. Yeah? It's not like it does it, all right? The snake isn't sitting, okay, i got to get to the chore of molting my skin. It's just, that's what happens as a snake in a snake world, because the skin after a while it gets too rough and it doesn't allow it to move smoothly it's sort of dull so it's not attractive to female snakes yes so alright so every year this thing occurs the skin gets molted off the snake and we're going to look at it from two perspectives two points of view yeah two points of view one point of view is from the skin's point of view and then one point of view is from the snake's point of view okay now this from the skin's point of view the skin believes it's the snake. Yeah, it has a deep suspicion that it isn't, but it believes it is. And so, when it starts feeling the forebodings of the molting, it causes a lot of agitation to the skin because the skin is going to slough off, and that's going to be the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. So the skin now it's concerned, and so it has access to the thought system, which is the navigational system of the snake, and it jacks into the thought system and tells the snake, "You got to get a lot of moisturizer. <laughs> Do not go in the noonday sun. Don't go over that rock. Don't go over here. Don't go over there." To try to sustain and to elongate its life as the snake, because as long as it doesn't fall off, it can keep assuming it's the snake. Yeah. So to this skin, it's an incredible like threat, the molting, because something's going to be revealed about it, which is it's not the snake. Yeah, it's 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 not the snake. Now it can seem to be a part of the snake, but it's a part that can be dismissed, and the snake will keep on snaking. Yeah. All right. So from that point of view, from the skin's point of view. It wants to put off that day. That's like D-Day to it, you know? No, 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 no. Do anything. Do not go outside. Do this and that. Okay, so it seems as valid as valid as can be from the snake's point of view. It's scared shit. Super anxious. From the skin, I mean, from the snake's point of view, it's like hallelujah. Because it has a big memory that it's just happened before. Yeah? And maybe it's forgotten, and it's been assuming, because it looks at itself in its little snake mirror, and it sneezes the skin, and it assumes the skin is me, yeah? And a lot of people address it like the skin, so maybe in time it forgets the molting, and it thinks it's the skin, but now it gets, every year it gets the reminder that it's not the skin, because the skin sloughs off and the snake continues, yeah? And actually a new skin appears that's much brighter, much more attractive to female snakes, goes over rocks much smoother, it works a lot better, yeah? So bemoaning the loss of the other skin isn't that long-lived because the new skin demonstrates how much better it is for the snake, yeah? So from the snake's point of view, it has this deep understanding or a memory of it that everything's going to be all right, but from the skin's point of view, it, has, it doesn't see it that way. It's the death of, of me, 
the skin. It's calling me the snake, but it's not the snake, it's the skin. So this is what happens. In this one event, there's two points of views. Yeah? In this life, there's two points of views. The point of view as the skin bag, the flesh bag, whatever you want to call it. The identification as the skin, yes, which is going to change. The molting may only happen once in one's life, but it's going to pass away. The body's going to die. And that's that. Yeah? And if you identify as the skin, that's going to be a really scary proposition. You'll probably, probably try to distract yourself, avoid it, deny it, you know, make everything about not looking at that because it's the end, it's the end of you as being, as being what you are. It's just an aspect of what you're not, in a sense, yeah? So the skin doesn't like that idea. And so a lot of times when people start feeling like their, their mind is opening up, they're scared shit. But not from the mind's point of view, but from the conditional mind point of view, or the mentation's point of view. And if you have that understanding, it will help you travel through it when it gets a little rocky, because the head's going to make a big commotion that you're dying, it doesn't want to be the center of the donut, it doesn't want, you know, this is going to be the end of me, but it's going to be actually the beginning of something, yeah? Freedom from that. See, freedom from that isn't seen as freedom from that. From that, it doesn't seem as freedom. It's the scariest thing at all. But freedom from it, yeah, that's the freedom. Yeah. So when that head starts saying, oh, I'm so afraid I can't go any farther, no one says you have to go any farther. Just drop the idea that the, you're the one that thinks it has to go farther. Yeah, And then you'll see that you're as far as far can be. You can't go any farther than where you already are. It's right there. You know what I mean? Going farther is a way of denying its immediacy. Yeah? Which, as soon as it gets denied its immediacy, you become relevant, because now it's going to be up to you to travel and get there and study and learn to finally get to back to the goal that you've left. But you've never left it. I remember I went through this eight-day process once when I was younger in uh, Australia, and they produced these cathartic events, you know, with music and everything like that. And in the day, you'd be doing a lot of round circle talks, and then they'd em- you'd emote it out. And you'd go, amazing stuff would happen. And one of the things I got caught in was, I was saying over and over to myself, I can never get back, I can never get back. But I took it the wrong way. It was actually the truth, because I never left. See, I never left. I've never become this that can't get back to what I am. But when it was going on in the cathartic event, I was seeing it from the skin's point of view. And I was thinking, I can never get back. I can and it was weeping and crying, you know, it was like the sadness of the eternal primal separation from what you are to what you're not. But in fact it was erroneous. It was truthful in one sense, I can never get back because I never left. What I am never left to be able to have to get back to. That's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of the message, is it will not take any time to arrive at where you're already at. Yeah, it's so beautiful. But the point, the problem is, it can be seen from two points of view. It can be seen from a point of view, let's say we'll call Steve, and from that point of view, what's happening isn't, isn't even close to actually what's happening. It's totally interpreted by it's happening to you. Yeah? So you don't get the great happening that's going on. You see it as a huge fear-provoking event. Jeez, I'm going to die. 
I'll, I won't be funny anymore. You may not be that funny anyway. I won't, no one will notice that you're special. No one's noticing you're special anyway. No 18-year-old is checking me up and down as I hobble with my crutch down, you know, Clement Street. Yeah? All this is just, this is just like the pitiful, like, uh, like muted yells of the, of the, of the uh, skin, you know, proclaiming because it's so important that it must be the snake when it isn't the snake. And it's self-evident because when the skin falls off, the snake doesn't stop. When you supposedly lose the ego, you're still there. <coughs> when you forget the self, you're still there. When the self is forgotten, you're still there. Yeah? When the self is remembered, you're still there. The forgetting and the remembering don't bring the self into reality or put it out of reality. They just obscure the reality. Yeah? They obscure it. And if it can be obscured of getting out of it or thinking you're in it. Both ways obscure the fact that you were never in so you don't need to get out. Yeah? You were never in so you don't need to get out. It's all based on a false assumption. The whole story of the skin taking itself to be the snake is based on the false assumption that it is an essential ingredient of snakehood. It isn't. It's just something that can fall off. Yeah? And the snake continues. I've had it a lot of times, even in this place, where I had, like, sudden wax, like on my head, where one time in the water, I hit the, bo- I hit the bottom. I was coming off a wave, and I was in the bliss of riding the wave, and suddenly, all of a sudden, I hit my head, and it knocked the brain out. It shut down my nervous system, so selfing wasn't produced. So there I was, like, like a, a little bobbing ball on the ocean. Thank God I landed on my back. If I landed on my <coughs> chest, I would have drowned, because I couldn't move my arms and legs. If I landed on my back, yeah... Seemingly I was there, but there was no idea who was there. Yeah, there was just thereness, hereness. Yeah, and I watched it. It took a while because it had a reboot. Your production, you're not fucking inherently Steve. You're made up. So the thing that's making it up got hit such a sudden whack, it stopped making it. <laughs> Yet what I am continued. Yeah, and then it showed up, and the amazing thing to show how small it was. Came, to, came back in about six or seven minutes. I was, they took me back on this long board. They, the paramedics came. They cut my wetsuit. And the first thing my mental condition said when they came back is, you can't take an ambulance. You can't afford it. <laughs> that was the fear. I'm going to be paralyzed forever? No. It was, I can't afford the ambulance. You know what I mean? Let me just, you know, roll around here. I can't, I'm not, don't put me in that This is, it's the smallness of it, yeah? <laughs> you want to go back to relying on that and then expect to have a large life? Give me a freaking break. Its whole theme will be revealed in one little statement. One little aside it makes, you can see the whole theme it's in. Yeah? Just take that old example. When you're having a good day, or you let's say you walk in and things are going really well, how long does your mind stay at peace with that? Before it starts wondering, they're going to find out I don't deserve this, they're going to check my credentials, she's going to leave me, she'll realize I'm an asshole. Like maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes. The same head, maybe an hour later, you feel a little tinge of bleakness, and then it's a lifelong depression you're entering. 
you know what I mean? That one example gives you the whole ball game. Why do you have to keep going into the field expecting to win? Just get it. See it. It's a failed system. That means it's going to fail. Yeah? It's not just on a bad streak. It's a failed system. Look, all right, you don't believe it. All right. Look at it. Let's say if I'm a furniture... <laughs> if I distribute and, and uh, deliver furniture... And my company, I've never missed an appointment. I've always delivered the piece in pristine condition, this and that. Would I need to have excuses, rationale, or blame based on that business? I always delivered pristine product, exactly what was advertised. You got it. No. Yeah? But if I didn't deliver or I missed the delivery, I'd have excuses why I did it or rationalizations why I'd blame all the traffic and this and that. Look at your head. Three of its many pillars are excuses, rationalization, and blame. If you can't blame everyone else, you'll blame God or you or fucking the universe or your family of origin. But there's going to be a finger pointed sooner or later. There's excuses galore, and then you rationalize. Well, you know, it's not really so bad. You feel like it really is fucking bad. But no, I'm gonna, yeah, this is a failed system. That's like the exhaust. You know, when I used to buy old cars, you could tell by the color of the exhaust if the valves were gone or not. Yeah? There would be a certain color, and they knew, uh-oh, that's not a good sign. Let's say if it was white, it's all right, but blue or something, it's fucking the valves. Yeah? So you wouldn't know the valves are ruined, but by their expression, you could tell. Read the freaking tea leaves. Yeah? <laughs> See if it's a failed system. And if in recovery, that's the statement. Then you can have an echo of convincing, of convincing in the statement every time you go back to it and you see why you're in so much fear today isn't because self-reliance has failed you it will echo with timber You'll got, you've gotten it you've understood and you can always go back to that like a touchstone you can bring everything that's going on no matter how incredibly insane the mind's gotten into you can bring it back to that touch, touchstone no matter what description of fear you're in, or why do you think what object has to do with it, you'll bring it right back to that. Isn't it because self-reliance has failed you? Or he says another beautiful statement, tons of them. He says, all right, someone, people step on your toes seemingly without provocation. You know, life seems to screw with you. But, you will invariably find, yeah, if you look into it, that you made a decision based on self, that puts, puts you in a position to be hurt. He doesn't say self-made a decision. You, what you are, made a decision from what you're not. Yeah? You made a decision from self. He doesn't say you. He doesn't say yourself. He says you made a decision from self That's, that puts you in a position to be hurt. I had the experience of it. Like, if there I was in a... Let's say you're in one of those farms, you may never have been there, where they have the guys on horses, the, the, uh, the offices, they're watching you out. And let's say one of them spits on your head for no apparent reason. And you fucking resent the shit out of the guy, but he's a lot more power over you. He's on the other side of the bars, you're on this side. But if you invariably look, hey, I robbed that liquor store that got me arrested, that put me in this fucking camp. That let me, let me be under this guy's sway. That's it. Where did that decision that brought me to this place start from? Self. 
You will invariably find, invariably means at all the time, that there was a decision based on self that puts you in this position to be hurt. Why do we do that? Not to punish ourselves, but to see the, see the failedness of the system, so that when you start relying on it, you can go, oh, you'll be able to recoil from it like a hot flame. No, 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 I know what's going to happen. Yeah? I know when I start talking back to this cop, no good is going to come from it. Yet I can't help but talk back to him. That's how I got my ribs broken. Yeah? But this is what happens. See, bro. That you know this, but if, if the understanding is in place, and you've entertained it, and the grace is available, you'll be established in that understanding, and you'll keep your mouth freaking shut when it's actually really appropriate to keep it shut. You know what I mean? <laughs> you won't be demanding some special treatment when you're a down-and-out junkie. You got arrested for not paying a, a taxi cab, $7 fee, which is what happened to me. The guy drove me right to Northeast Station. <laughs> the taxi guy. He called ahead and they were waiting for me. Oh, wow, I was sitting in the back, thinking I'm cool, and the door was just the cops. Hey, and they took me in. <laughs> I didn't think it was nice, so then I saw it back, and the guy took me by the shoulders behind me and then kneed me in the ribs for $7. So you see, and you don't need those experiences of a failed system. You don't have to get every relationship get wrecked and stuff. You can learn from other people's mistakes now. That's why in recovery we have meetings. So you can learn from this person, you can tell where they're coming from, and then you can match that from what's happening or what seems to be happening to them. They go hand in hand. When you're looking at life a certain way, it's this is what's going to seem to happen. Yeah? And then you put two and two together so that when your mind starts formulating or contorting back into that self-centered little posture, you can recognize it, and that's the stop to it. The best way to stop it is before it begins. It's like being introduced to a house in the blueprint room, not after you moved in and put it down a two-year lease on it. Because yeah? now you're beholden to the fucking house. You're not going to walk out of it freely. You've got a lot of investment in it. You've got furniture and rugs and this and that. But if you saw it on the blueprint stage, hey, I don't want to live there. I don't because I'm gonna get, it's going to be a prison. Yeah. So therefore, it stops there. It never gets built, so you don't have to get out of it. The selfing is being built all day. And we move into it very unconsciously. Yeah? And then, most of the time, knowing it or not, most of our movements are trying to get out of it. Yeah, When I buy that next thing, or I do this next thing, or I ask that girl out in the next time, and this and that, so a lot of times it has a strategy to get out of the house you think you're in. But if you never were in the house, that would be the freedom from it. Yeah. But it doesn't, as soon as you get in, then you got to break the lease, then you got to get a moving truck, then you got to get this and that and that and this. <laughs> You've got to clean up to get your deposit back. It's a huge procedure, takes a lot of time, and you're sort of stuck on flypaper. But if you never moved in, it doesn't take any time to get out of it. I point this out, I just all I want to do because it's a trick of mind that you can get stuck in. And then you fall into the category of self trying to get out of self. And you'll be wondering what, and you'll, there'll be false progress and some real progress, and a lot of hope and stuff like that, but radically nothing will change. 
Because it will be self trying to get out of self, which is a giant expression of self. That's why they have those statements. That's why in Buddhism, a great master said, you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You can't use mind to seek mind. Or St. Francis said in a beautiful way, what's looking is what you're looking for. If you got that, the, what you're looking for, the looking for things would change dramatically. Because you'd, be, you'd realize you're what you're looking for. The thing that's working right now. It's not in the finding, it's in the looking. You see what's looking, and that's the finding of what you are. But you can't use the looking to find it. That's the blindness to it. Yeah? But you use the looking, see what's looking. That's how you find it. And what you find is that it's always been there. But the looking for it blinds you to it. Put it to the test, see it. See if that fits one time, it will fit every time. This is attempting to bring, all right, you're on the consequential level. So your house is on fire. So, all right, so then we can give you 30 different maps to get to water, which is very valuable if you live in a world where the house is always on fire. All right, let's hold the water. This water is only, you're like a Google map. This is 1.2, or MapQuest. This is, it'll take you 1.1 to get there, 1.2 to get here. But this is where the water is. It's damn important if you have a house that catches fire easily to know where the water was. But then you can rise above that consequential level, get to the blueprint level or the principled level, and realize, all right, whatever fear I'm in can be brought right back to that statement. Isn't why I'm in it, seemingly, isn't it because self-reliance is there? All right. Everything gets brought back to that. That principle will never, never, never let you down. It's a clear statement. You can follow, like it says in his book, um, as Bill sees it in recovery. Yeah? As Bill sees it, he says this one statement. The chief activator of character defects, the chief activator of character defects is fear. Fear is the chief activator. Yeah? So when you get jealous, or you get into self-seeking, or you're dishonest, or you're quite inconsiderate, it's usually, he's saying it's usually based, fear activated it. Yeah? Fear activated these reactions. In other words, they can't activate themselves. Fear has to be the, like the, the key that turns them on. Yeah? Very clear statement. So you can take all your stories and bring them to that and go, okay, is it true or not for me? Explore it. Is fear activating these character defects? Let's say I go over maybe ten events in my last month or ten years. I don't need hundreds of them. Ten will do. Because if there's ten of them, then you basically realize the principle underlies all of them. Yeah? Okay? All right, so you get that. So now let's say everyone thinks fear is the cause of everything. I've got to get rid of fear. I've got to get out of fear. But he doesn't say that. He says it's the chief activator. What's the chief activator of fear? The chief activator of fear? Right in the big book of AA. Why are you in so much fear today? So there's fear that's activating these defects of character. So why are you in this fear? And it says self-reliance. It's failed you. So okay, so self-reliance activates the fear, and the fear activates the, the defects of character. Those activate decisions based on self. That activates misfortune you feel you don't deserve. That brews up some resentment. 
And then living in this loop, what are you going to do? Almost anything, you get some relief. Get loaded, do this, do that. Because you seem to be trapped in this cycle. Because maybe you're thinking, all right, fear is the cause, but it's not a cause, it's an effect. It's an effect from the mind being reliant on the idea of being a self. That's what produces the anxiety that we call fear. Yeah. If you follow it back, and then you have the right diagnosis, you can expect some damn radical relief, because you're on to something. You can't take it back any farther than reliance on self. Yeah. No matter how many window dressings you put on it, or how, you know, you put different shines on the, on the molding around it, oh, it was her, and now it was him this time, and then it was them that time. It doesn't matter. The basic structure is exactly the same. It's like a template you can have put over the whole like in chaotic scribbling of your life story on your little mental blackboard. You stick this template on it and then all the information shows up. Reliance on self has failed us. Yes? All that's superfluous. All that are the ways it defeats you. But what the engine of defeat is based on reliance on self. Alright. What level of reliance are they talking about? Is it obsession with self? That's a meager level of reliance. <laughs> Identification as self is a true reliance on self because you're taking yourself to be the self. I mean, you can't be more reliant on it than that. Yeah? <laughs> How can you be more reliant on something that you've actually morphed into taking yourself to be it? Yeah? Obsession is just there to reinforce it. You're bored stiff with anyone else's obsession about themselves. It's only because it's about you that you're still listening to it. Really, you'd be turning this station off 30 years ago if it, had nothing, if it didn't have anything to do with you. Because it's you, it's, oh, it's just like the 850th chapter of the story of Paul. You've got one person in the audience, you. Yeah? Maybe other people, if it, it was like a big marquee like I used to put on and there was like a movie, Paul's Life then like 30 Pauls would come with the hopes that it would be about them and maybe some girlfriends with, uh, with the hopes of being right about the Paul they knew. Yeah. So we all get in the theater and everyone's really excited before the movie starts. Hey, this is going to be great. I, I'm so deep, you know. So, man, I hope they do me justice, you know. This complicated, this, you know, this angst of being so special, you know. I hope they capture it. It's a two-hour movie. It's eight hours. Oh, good. I need about eight hours. So then, they don't know, but the door locked. This one person knows it's about the Paul. Me. The door's locked, and you're eating stale jujubes and popcorn and smells like masturbation, mostly mental masturbation. You'd like to get out of like a little porno theater, but now, because it's you, you're interested. But as soon as it stops playing and you realize it's not you, you're bored stiff. Now it would be like torture to listen. But the poem that it's about is just totally, oh look it, the phone's going to ring. Is it my fairy princess? It's going to change my whole life? Or am I going to get fired from my job? Come on, there's the fourth ring. Oh, everyone else. And as soon as you see that, these juju bees stare, this place stinks. Then they start noticing the smelliness of it all, which is what happens when you realize it isn't you. Then you notice the boring, it's so boring, all about you all day. I swear to God, the things you're putting up with, the stale popcorn, the smell of the theater, the lousy seats, the jujubes, as soon as you realize it's not you, you start, hey, this sucks, this sucks, hey, I'm going to get out of here. You know what I mean? 
I mean, where you were willingly sitting in all that shit and didn't, avoiding the smell, the juice, everything. But now, as soon as you realize it's not you, you got the eyes to see what's going on, and it's intolerable. I'm not going to put up for, with it for another day. Yeah. This is. These are such. These are like the subtle. These subtle hints are like fucking hammers on your head. I had one statement in recovery that changed my whole view of a lot of things. And it was just one of the minor ones. And I had the perfect example. There, It says in the book, hey, people will step on your toes seemingly without provocation, but if you look into it, you'll invariably find that you made a decision based on self. So I was in my first year of sobriety, about a year and a half, two years by then. I lived on Masonic in Haiti. I had a nice apartment, and I had the, I had the lease. And one of my roommates was leaving. So I thought I'd have no trouble renting it to someone in AA, and I put this thing in the paper, and the hate, there's a, there's a neighborhood thing for the hate, you know, looking for apartments. I wrote it down, and I was cool with it, but it was getting late, and it was getting, you know, I was going to have to pay for the whole place, and no one was, you know, calling me up or anything. So I got a little worried that I'm going to have to pay the whole rent, so self-centered fear arose. And I was working with this guy who was just come, just came out of a rehab. I didn't like the guy. His name was Paul, too. I didn't really like the guy, but he needed a place to stay, so I figured, what could happen? You know what I mean? He'll take care of my immediate problem, which is paying the whole rent. Oh, yeah, move in, Paul. And then, oh, June 1st came on, you see? I succeeded once again, my very far-sighted wisdom. Yes, I took care of that problem. So, the next week or two, Paul, he, gets, he meets his girl that he knew in rehab, and they start going out. Paulie doesn't have a phone, so this girl starts calling me up at 2 in the morning to ask to talk to Paulie, and she's drunk. You know, I'm going, no, Paul's not, he's asleep. Oh, and then a half hour later, Paul, no, Paul's asleep, you don't have a phone. So I started feeling like I didn't deserve this misfortune. <laughs> so I was starting to resent Paul and this girl. I swear to God, it cooked it up perfectly. So then, then something happened, Paul doesn't show back up the place. So I go in there, and there's all these little paint vodka bottles all over his room, under his bed. And Paulie and this lady are in, holed up in some... So her house in the East Bay just get loaded. So I'm all right, sure. That's what he wants to do for her. I get a call from Paulie. It sounded like he was in hell. Can you help me? And I didn't do what I was taught in AA. I didn't get someone to go with me, so I drove to East Bay in my 56 Oldsmobile, and I'm going to retrieve Paulie and bring him to Azanam, which is a detox in the city. Very clear cut mission, you know? In and out. Yes. So I drive over there. I go to the door, I knock at the door, and I hear this like moaning way in the back, like really like the hounds of hell. Ah, ah. I'm going, they said, come in. I said, I'm not coming in. I'm not coming in here. Come out of here. Come out, Paul. So Paul, he comes out, and he comes out, but he only has one shoe on. I said, where's your other shoe? Oh, I must be, I get in there. He's another 15 minutes. It was like, how far can this house go? Back. So I can hear him yelling, and he comes out with the two shoes. I get him in the car. I drive him to my house, to the Hasnam. I drop him off, and he's drunk, so they get right in. Because usually you have to be loaded to get in there. You can't go in sober. It's strange. (laughs) (laughs) He was drunk as a skunk. He got in there, and that was it. I went back, and he had paid for that month, and I was 
pursued getting another person. Never saw him again. But a few months later, I get a call. Oh, this lady kept calling me. Four in the morning, five in the morning, looking for Paulie. <laughs> I said, Paulie isn't here anymore. You know? <laughs> so the misfortune, the resentments just kept cooking. And then, uh, finally one night I got a call from this lady, I didn't know who she is, and she says, is this Paul? Is Paul here? I said, yes, Paul had been. No, the other Paul. I said, no, he hasn't been here for months. And she says, well, I'm, I'm Kathy's mother. And that was the lady. And I just wanted to tell him that she died. You know, she overdosed. So I said, Jesus Christ, this whole thing, this whole huge scenario started from where? A decision made from self. I didn't make the decision. That's the bondage of self, thinking you're the one that did it. A decision made from self. It's totally different than I made the decision. I made the decision is a totally different statement than a decision made from self. Yeah? Totally different. you got to be clear on this. Because if not, you'll keep... You'll keep identifying and, and, and paying allegiance to the expressions of self by calling them yours. That's the bondage of self. You've got to recognize the foreign installment so that you can entertain, I can be free from it. If you don't recognize that, you're going to try to be free as it, and it's not going to work. You're not going to get radical freedom as a self. Its whole thing is bondage. Its whole idea is bondage. You're in a claustrophobic system that's failed. Yet you can't take any advice other than that because self can't get out of self. You've got to question, are you in self? When you realize you're not a self, that's how you're out of it, yeah? So, I, so that statement was incredibly demonstrated, that statement in the book. And there's tons of them in the book that thousands of my experience fall under. Like when I put those eight or twelve templates that he stated, self is what has defeated you, made decisions based on self, da, da, and I stuck them on my whole story, there it was. It's explained thousands of pages with eight sentences of my life. Yeah? It's like speed reading through hell. Just, alright, not page 80 of hell, just hell, okay, I got it. Yeah? I got hell. I don't need to live every fucking page of it. I got it. Hell, 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 hell. Yeah? That's it. Then, I could entertain, I could be free from it. Why? Because like it says in the book, we are not people with problems, we are the problem. It's called being identified. How can you get out of, a, of the problem if you were the problem? How you get out of the problem is because you're only seemingly the problem. It's appearing to be true that you're a self to you. Yeah? When that dawns on you, at that moment, you're not the problem. Then you seem to have a problem, and there's a way of life to deal with the problem. Not to deal with you, but allow you to come out after the problem's dealt with. AA isn't dealing with you at all. It's dealing with what you're not. It's dealing with a mental condition that's built up, a lot, a lot, a lot of interest and attention of yours is stuck there, it's going to free you from that, not, not by showing who you are, but showing what you're not. The mental condition diminishes, and then what you are starts to shine in your life. Then yeah. instead of looking for the light, you'll see that you are the light. And if you are the light, that's an absolute statement. You're not, you're not the light only when you've done good things, or when you did this, or when you haven't done that. You are the light, period. That's that. Not a conditional light, not a circumstantial light where you're still playing God, 
about being the light. No, you are the light. You can seem like you're not for as long as you want to hold your breath in time, but in the timelessness of everything, you are the light. It's never not been so. So this gives you something to work with, in a sense, yeah? So we were talking about it, Deb and I, at dinner, where I got a chance to go to a talk of someone else who's involved in somewhat in this business, and I hadn't been to anything like it in a while, so I was sitting there, and the person was talking, but he, he was talking from the absoluteness, yeah? Well, all there is is this oneness and this and that, but as soon as you make a oneness, it can only seem like a oneness from the two. Yeah? A you arises with the, with the glorification of this ideal what you are. And of course, it's like, while the talk is being disseminated, you can hear the bear, the bear uh, trap snap. It gets caught in its own uh, flawedness, yeah? Because now, alright, well, if you're that, then why are you saying we have to do this? It's sort of, that is being used to imply that we're this, and this can get to that. That's not it. The point is, is look at the this, see if it's so, if it ain't so, that's that. Yeah? It's not, oh, there's a this, and then the this is going to be vanquished, and after the this is thoroughly vanquished, by what? By the this? Self can't get out of self. But when it's totally vanquished, then suddenly the this will transform into that. How about you're not the this, and then that's that? How much time does it take for that to happen? No time. It's like it's like the idea of bondage. Here's bondage, right? So we're bonded to this idea of self. Seemingly, that's the important word. Seemingly means it appears to be true or false to us. It's totally different than being so. It can only seem to be so to you and me. So we're the one that gives meaning to it. It's not giving us a meaning. A seemingly hopeless state of mind and body isn't, isn't hopeless unless you believe it is. Yeah? You're the one that gives what's seemingly so the reality. Reality lends itself to things that aren't so and then they seem to be so. Yeah? Because that's the only way they can ever seem to be so. They have to get that so-ness from what's so. They can't, where's, where are they going to acquire it? Where is false evidence going to find some reality to appear as? It has to convince the reality that it's real. And the reality goes, okay, I'm going to give you all the meaning you've got. This is a real fucking problem. And hence, it seems like it is. To who? You. The funny thing is, your power doesn't even move to the next person. Because the thing that seems so real to you may not seem as real at all to Steve. And we're sitting in the same room, and I'm describing it as best I can, but it doesn't seem real to him because his mind's in a different state. How real can it be? So if everything reaches to a level of seemingly so, it appears to be true or false to you. To you is the main ingredient. Not that it appears to be true or false, it has to have something to appear to be true or false too. Because it's me, it's not. Yeah. You and I play that role, so let's say in a way, if what's looking is what we're looking for, let's construe what's looking as the reality. Yeah? When the reality takes itself to be a you, and now is pursuing itself by looking for it, yeah? it's giving this thing, it calls itself 
Paul the reality that it seems to have. Paul has no other reality but what's been given to it, by what's looking, yeah? So what's looking, forget that it's looking. Now it becomes the a you that's looking for. And what does St. Francis try to do? He tries to save you tons of time and effort. He says, what's looking is what you're looking for. Like that. Just a, a quick, sudden recognition. Jesus, so what's causing what's looking not to be realized as what I'm looking for is the you. Yeah? The arising of the you makes it something that it isn't that I start looking for. And it's the looking for it that causes me to be blind to it. Where is the blindness being expressed or manifested or or activated from? The you. The you that's looking for. Is the way the mind hides what it is from what it is. It's the identification as a you that's looking for. Just see if you're that. If you're not that, there'll be no conflict with looking for and what's looking. Instead of having a huge separation, what's looking and there's the you, that's something different, that's looking for it. But it's going to look for it in its own image. Yeah, It's going to have a concept of how what's looking has to appear and it's not going to appear that way because it doesn't appear at all. Because the sense of you is a reference point. That's why life isn't seen as happening, it's seen as happening to you. And that's not seeing it, that's looking at it. You're looking at it from self-centeredness, it sure looks like life's happening to me. If you're seeing it, life's happening. It's totally different. I mean, seriously. It's the same event, but a total different take on it. Life's happening is much easier to travel with than it's happening to you, because if it's happening to you, you have a vast amount of opinions why it shouldn't be happening to you, or why it should be happening to someone else. I've been good my whole life. Why is this happening to me? Everything they told me to do, I've done good. Why are these bad, misfortunate things occurring to me? Yeah. Where does it grow? It grows in that Petri dish of self, a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. You want to deal with all of its multitudinous manifestations? Go ahead. You'll get lost in the forest. You're the only tree that needs to be chopped down. You don't have to chop down the forest. Chop down you. as the long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Then suddenly, miraculously, a path will appear through all the, all the trees. <laughs> it's hard to move through the trees as a tree. <laughs> Your limbs are so big, you're running into things all the time. When you realize you're not that, oh, it's easy, you can walk right through it. You don't see it? Bring it back to where you have some say in the matter, right where you're sitting. If you see one moment where you gave something the meaning it has, expand on that and realize that's all that's happening. Your head, based on where it's in, or it seems to be in, is giving everything all the meaning it has. All right. I'm in argument with that. Then investigate. See if it's true or not. Doesn't take, it doesn't take long. <laughs> you take maybe four incidents and see, oh, I gave, obviously I gave the meaning to that situation because the next day I felt pretty good it wasn't a problem anymore. Bingo, you want to go over thousands of researches? How about one can do? Your mind will wake up. Or just keep coming back. What do we say? Some people have been here for a long time. 
This is the only, it's an, always an introductory offer. And you're the product. We're not selling, I sell you t-shirts, basically. We're not selling you intensives or, hey, I got the new secret handshake. You know, I, I revised it. It's even faster than the other ones. No, none of that. It's basically dog shit awareness. You're missing it because you don't think it's ordinary. You don't think your, your condition you're in now is as real as real can be. You're thinking the reality of it is false and that the falseness is the reality. You're thinking the thing is supreme and then you're going to try to get some nothingness to lighten the load of being a thing. When it's the exact opposite. The nothingness is the mother and father and you're an expression as a thing or as thingness. We got the, we got the, the child ahead of the father. Yeah. I don't know. I entertained it and I'm still entertaining it. For like, I don't know how many years. You cannot not entertain it. Your mind is only entertaining all day. Yeah? You don't think you can entertain a movie and then realize it's not the star of the movie? Easily. The movie will continue. This is part of the event here. Yeah? But you don't have to be a full-fledged believer in being the character. You can have that sense of separation, or not a separation, but a, of, uh, of being the actor. Yeah? And that's even giving it too much. An actor would mean there's a someone, but just being the acting of it. The action figure doesn't have to stop for you to realize you're not that. You were never that. There's so many things. Just watch out. Self trying to be a no-self is the most insane thing. I've had people call me and take 20 minutes of talking about... I'm fe- they're just ready to say how they feel, but there's no one to feel it. And I, know, I, just, it's just, I just said, break down, and suddenly they stop crying. I go, thank God, you know? <laughs> 20 minutes of this fucking non-duality dualism shit going on, and I just fucking drop the rock. It's not, you're not holding it. You think that there's no decisions here? There's tons of decisions. The question is, are you making them? Are you the one, this idea that you're the decision maker? Is it so or not? If you take one example where it wasn't so, I'm telling you, it's never been so. It just seems to be so. It's a story. And that story has got you saddled like a horse and the mental conditions riding you. Yeah. It's going where it wants to go. It's like that thing, I saw even more, that, that thing about the mushrooms, yeah? This cordyceps mushroom. Someone sent me a bigger link. It was a much more extensive show. The cordyceps mushroom is unbelievable. The species of, uh, and there's a lot of different species, and each one lands on a different insect. The one cordyceps, they only land on ants. Another one only lands on, like, uh, grasshoppers. Yeah? But their MO is the same. The spore lands on the ant, jacks into the head, tells the ant to go where it wants to go. When it gets it to a dark, dank place, it kills the ant, and then the mushroom grows right out of it. Then, another species of cordyceps doesn't land on ants, they land on grasshoppers, but the same thing. Jack into the little grasshopper head, and I'm telling you, if the grasshopper had self-centeredness, it would be going, I love going there. I love going, I love that. It would be thinking as if it was the cordyceps. Yeah? It wouldn't realize the foreign installment was a foreign installment through identification as that. Yes? 
It does, this, it kills tons of insects. It's like one of the biggest killers of insects. It's this fungus. It's an intelligence land. It's just, and so you look at alcohol. It's yeah? It's funny. We get taken over by the fucking cordyceps spore of alcoholism, and we go to institutions of and death. <laughs> it jacks in. We pre- a lot of us go to the same t- door, you know, same uh, parking spaces. And we think, how did we all go here? You've been fucking taken over by the same parasite. Jacks into your head, and while yet we have self-centeredness, so while we're going to jail, we think it's so special and unique. Hey, why, how can you be here? I thought I was the only one in jail. No, you're here too. He's been taken over by the same thing. You know, you think you're so different than that that you're not you're not uh, um, an easy prey to something taking you over, something that can't be seen. Alcoholism, you can't see it in an X-ray. It's not in the elbow. You can see its effects on organs. You cannot see alcoholism. It's like a mental parasite. And when it jacks into your head, it can't get its fuel. It has to use you for transportation. It wants sugar, let's say. It can't go to Entenmann's. It has to convince you that you really want that Entenmann cake. Then you go there all the while talking how much you are an Entenmann lover and this and that. It's not you at all. It's been, your head's been jacked into. The biggest fungus of all is self-centeredness. It produces byproducts. There's auxiliary funguses like addiction and alcoholism, but they're not the mother load. The mother load never gets fucking revealed. It's behind the scenes. It's like the elite in, in society. Every war they never touch, they always keep on keeping on, yeah? Tons of shit people their whole lives go south, this and that. They're never bothered at all, yeah? Sort of like that, in a way. Self-centeredness is like Dracula going on vampire hunts. Kills all the other vampires, but is never questioned to be a vampire itself. This is a questioning of it, finally. If you have your own intimate experience of alcoholism or addiction, follow it back. Why stop that fear? Follow it back farther. See what activates the fear. Why are you in so much fear today? Because self-reliance has failed you. Self-reliance seems to be in place all day. That's why you're so prone to anxiety and fear. Because the Petri dish that fear grows in is always available, all fucking day. Every topic you run into is being met by that view of self-centeredness. And so it produces or procures the topic of anxiety out of that topic. Oh, money, oh, oh, this, sex, oh, whatever it may be. Yeah? It's like, it's literally there, always available to arise when the right conditions are in place. And self-centeredness is the right condition for all that shit to come up. Now, you don't want to have the shit, but you don't want to look at what's causing the shit, which is the sense of being you. You want to have freedom from that, but not, you want to have freedom from that as that. It can't work. You can't be free, you can't be free from the effects of self from, as a self. That's the producer of the effects. In other words, like, if I go, to, let's say, Burlingame, I had a bottom in Burlingame, I don't have, like, I don't have nice memories of Burlingame, California, it's really a nasty place in my view. So, okay, if I go to Thailand, Bangkok, four days in, in Bangkok, it looks like Burlingame to me. 
Because I'm going to give the same meaning I gave to Burlingame the Bangkok after a few months. Yeah. It doesn't matter where I go, I'm going to tint it with the view I'm saddled in. Yeah, it's like, it's like a yellow, a color yellow dispenser. Everything I come in contact with gets tinted yellow. Then I say, why does this look like, I don't like Bangkok. I don't like Burlingame. I don't like this. I don't like that. Yeah, of course not. <laughs> the tint is being thrown from you onto it. If you see yellow in all your pictures, it's like all your pictures have a thumb in it. It's your thumb. Remove the thumb, you'll get a much clearer. What's that fucking object? Is it a flying UFO? It's your fucking thumb. Stop holding the camera. Oh, what a beautiful... Oh, where did this come from? It's you. The you that's your nuts. Just move, quite little move. Instead of trying to get the thumb in there, just take it all right. Oh, great, I can see. I can see the temple now. I can see Deb. Not my idea of Deb. I can see Deb as her own idea. Yeah, of course, ultimately it's my idea, but let's not go there. Yeah, yeah? take the thumb out. Hey, wow, she, people can surprise me. <laughs> I can surprise myself. <laughs> Jesus, I never acted like that before. <laughs> Telling you, man, I don't know. I'm just so enthused still. I've never not been enthused by this. All everything can be going to shit, and this is always. It just brings me to certain heights, you know, right here in a sense. Because when all said and done, everything that was said and done will be said and done. But this will still be shining. Yeah, no, he's always, always, never blinks, never switches movement, nothing. It's just on, an incessant onness. Yeah, prior to all the comings and goings, during all the comings and goings, before all the comings and goings, after all the comings and goings, yes? It can't be recognized by something that's coming and going, because it's always so. We only recognize what we can see something that comes and then goes, then we can call it an experience. But what we are isn't an experience, and people are trying to have it as an experience. They're trying to have an experience of what they are. It's not an experience. It's not an experience. It's not a phenomenon. It's a basis of all experiences. It will influence all your experiences, but it's not an experience. An experience is when it's been made into something. When it's left alone, it's not an experience. It's, a, it's not even what's called a, a stateless state or whatever. But it's not an experience. It's not something that you initiated, you danced with, and then because of you it left or something. Or it was initiated by the guru or the savior, and as long as I followed them, then when I stopped it was gone. That's an experience. This is a state. This is not coming or going. It's always available at all times. The only requirements that are necessary to meet it are held by you, not by it. Yeah. Same moment that you had when you were a kid is the same moment you're in right now. If you pause now, would be exact. You'd be inundated in that same space that when you would you would have when you were a kid. Exact same. Hasn't changed at all. It hasn't gotten with the times. It's not a new age, turbocharged moment. It's the same awareness that's always been there. Yeah. You, anytime you're on that train of thought and you get off, 
before you get on the next train by saying, oh, I was on a train of thought, just stay off the fucking train. That moment, that's the same moment that you were when you were a kid, all the time. Prior to when you were born, it's the same thing. Yeah. Just because it's always the same, a lot of minds think it's boring. They do. They want an experience. They don't want this. They want to have experiences. They want to have peak experiences that they can try to duplicate. Yeah? Or compare to other experiences. But this is, is very, you can't even point it out. You can't go, oh, look at this. Oh, read my journal about how it was today. How about that? <laughs> the story, oh, ups and downs, isn't that? The background. <laughs> And then three years from now, I got so much better. <laughs> then I did something, I lost it. <laughs> then I learned how to play it. No, it's playing you. <laughs> I meditated on it. No, it's meditating you. You're being meditated right now. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> oh, I'm going to meditate on it. No, but it beats you to the punch. It's meditating you. <laughs> well, I'm going to stop and I'm meditating it. Okay, give it a shot. <laughs> All right, I'm going to stop meditating. It's been meditating the whole time. All right, I'm stopping. It's been meditating the whole time. <laughs> I want an experience of it. Good luck. You can't have it. I want to see what's seen. Good luck. You can't see it. I want to hear what's hearing. Good luck. You can't hear it. <laughs> I want to feel what's feeling. You can't. Sorry. <laughs> it's foreboding. Content cannot reach that context. Yeah. <gasps> then how am I ever going to know it? You're not. Give up the ghost and you'll be it. It's much different. But it doesn't look like what I thought it would look like. Thank God. <laughs> if it looked like what you thought it would look like, it wouldn't be it, man. <laughs> You're going to be in a lot of surprising moments with it. <laughs> doesn't anyone recognize how high I am, how spiritual? No. no. I gotta get like the I gotta get the like the uh, wardrobe. If I wore a robe and I was a little higher than you, you'd be fucking throwing flowers at me probably. If I had a picture of some fucking person I said I knew spiritually who wouldn't even recognize me if you saw me, some teacher who's dead. Oh look at this lineage. I have no fucking lineage, and all there is is now. <laughs> but seriously, have you ever gone to some meetings? They always, after a while, they always have a right raised die and they're always looking down. And then you ask a question, oh, humble one, yes, what's happening? I'm in a relationship. And <laughs> therapy starts. <laughs> the, whole, the whole root of the whole topic gets dismissed and now you're off running. Oh, yes, I want to better myself and how to integrate my awakeness into ordinary life. Give me a fucking break. You're not in control of that. You're the integration. You're not the one who's going to integrate. You'll be the integration. Yeah? Something else will be integrating. <laughs> and it won't be you. So, <laughs> I just dig it, man. It's a cool... I don't know about you, but it's after you've been roaming around here, how many experiences can you have? 
especially if you've been an addict and stuff. Fuck, you know, I died a number of times. I shot up monster shots and zoomed myself out of my brains and fucking flopped like a fish for five minutes on the ground. <laughs> I've done tons of things. I mean, how much can you? How much can you? Uh, acquire uh, an experience. It's like shopping. It's like a never-ending shopping spree. You keep going back to the same aisle because you run out of uniqueness, you know. And what happens is inherently sort of breeds an emptiness. When you get everything you wanted, you get bored. Because it's not there. You can't be filled by that. Yeah? Because you're already filled. You're meant to be pouring out, not trying to put pour something in. You're meant to be pouring out. Like you have it by giving it away. You're full as hell. Yeah? You're meant to be, you're not like a water bottle, you're the waterfall, it's it's sources, yeah? You're being, you're spraying out, not trying to suck in. Experiences is like trying to gather something. If I experience enough, it'll turn me into a state of being. All it's gonna do is turn into another mental state. You can't do and have yourself into a state of being because you are that inherently. How can you do and have yourself into it? You'll do and have yourself into a mental state concerning the being. Save yourself some time. Just entertain these possibilities. See what happens. You'll have to begrudgingly admit down the road that you're traveling later. See what I was at least to call about the whole, everyone has the spiritual whole, you know, like this thing. So they try to put shit in there, want to fill it up with this and books and everything. But maybe it's a portal. Something wants to come out. If you're busy filling it up, it can't, it can't come in. Just fucking leave it alone and see what shows up, man. Nothing will be the source of everything, swear to God. Nothing is the gift that keeps on giving. Something's always going to run out. And if you add up all the somethings, they equate into nothing. Why not start with nothing? And maybe that will turn into everything. Yeah? You're not going to get to everything from something. No way. Everything is in nothing. So, there you go. Any questions? Yes. You've been dying to ask a question the last few minutes, yes. I get that. Oh, yeah, it's like us. So, about decisions and who making decisions. So, a little, about 40 minutes ago, I made a decision. I could have gone and walked on Golden Gate Bridge, which I did, or I could have gone home and had dinner first and then come here. But I walked on the bridge. So, Relating to what, how you're ta- how I hear you talk about this, who made the decision to go to the bridge? Yeah, in my mind, I well, it wasn't in my mind. I just kind of was driving toward the bridge and decided to keep going. Something decided. Yeah, yeah. So this is where I, when I hear you say talk about decisions, it's like we are not. I'm not making that decision. No. Some I. So exactly. Yes. The decisions are being made through a you. Okay. 
But it's not the you that's making the decision. There isn't a you to begin with. The apparatus has tendencies and proclivities, yes? Yes. That's what's happening. It's more, it's more like an option. It's not even a decision, basically. The mental state makes, takes, holds up options and goes with one or the other based on its seeming condition. So pro- proclivities, tendencies, talents. Do what? Count. I'm putting in that like talent. The idea of sometimes uh, people come in. We all come in with a blueprint to fulfill. Or a seat assignment. Or yeah. what? Or seat assignment. Or seat assignment. Yes. <laughs> and is that different than like uh, tendencies or talents or innate gifts? Quote. No, it's part of them. Okay. Tendencies, unique gifts, and I wouldn't say unique gifts, just gifts. Yeah, those are they play in the, they play into the role of the seat assignment for sure. And and then are you saying that by being just and, and I know how to use language by being open um, and not grasping or or saying this is what I'm going to do with my life things life will lead one. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you're not the one who thinks they're grasping. I'm not the one. Who thinks they're grasping or letting go. You're neither of them. So then what you're thinking you're grasping and letting go loses importance because it's not about you. Then you'll just see there's grasping and letting go and this and that, tons of different things. But none of them imply a you except to the you. (laughs) There are people I meet who really... To me, seem to be what I call integrate. They're living who they are. There's a sense I have. Yes. So. Um, Don't be so sure. <laughs> if you spent about an hour or two with them, you may not find that to be true. From your point of view, they may look like that, right? Because then you point out to yourself that you're not there. So that's why you need to have them expressing that they are there so that you can beat yourself up a little more. It's all fucking mind play. Seriously. Your mind works on comparison, yeah? So let's just say, let's say something bummed you out, yeah? And it would produce an unease in the system. Not on you, because you're not of the system, but the system would have unease. So your experience would be of unease, because this is the interface for experience. What you're not is what's experiencing, yes? So the interface of the experience would be uncomfortable. Okay, so now the mental condition arises and goes, well, I want to point out to you, Paul, that you weren't uncomfortable an hour ago. And, you know, if you would have done this and this and this, you wouldn't be uncomfortable now, and it's probably, you're going to probably be uncomfortable for a real long time. Suddenly, that discomfort in a moment is a lot more powerful. <laughs> because now what suffering, the suffering was there has been made into exquisite suffering because you've now entertained it doesn't have to be this way and it's going to be this way forever. You don't see it? This isn't true. It's manipulation, mental manipulation to always get a different angle but in the same reflection of being a self. It takes everything that happens and uses it as a mirror to reflect some aspect of what you call you. Oh, my loving aspect, my hateful. I don't want anyone to see this part of me. I'm very mean. and You're not mean. Meanness can come through. You're not mean. Yeah? All the greed in the world, there's not one person who's greedy. All they do is represent greed. 
Yeah? Greed is moving through some of us, and it can move through some of us, and sometimes it's not moving through some of us, it's moving through someone else. It's like all these mental winds are trying to find expression, and they blow through us like flutes. The notes are heard from a fucking another ignorant flute, and then you, that flute blames the other flute, and that flute blames the other flute. <laughs> and so now we have all these fucked up flutes, but it ain't the flutes, it's just the wind blowing through them. We have certain holes, and it makes a certain sound. Yes, so an experience happens. But when, now you become beholden to the, the one you experience, or the experiencer. That's the bondage of self. Your idea that someone's totally integrated makes it uncomfortable not to believe you're integrated. If you didn't think of that, you probably would accept your non-integration, and you'd be free from the need to be integrated, or not integrated. Yeah? But of course, as soon as they say, oh, that person's the Buddha, immediately, oh, that sounds great, but no, the other side is, you're not. I'm not the Buddha, and I should be the Buddha, and I need to work harder at being the Buddha. That's what happens. It's not a simple recognition. The recognition always reflects another recognition, where you seem to be. And therefore, the Buddha, they would say, shoot the Buddha, if you see him on the street. Because at that point, your Buddhahood is forgetting its own Buddhahood by putting it on that person. And that person's going to serve you by failing you. They're going to have an affair, they'll probably sleep with your boyfriend. This and that. The Buddha may fuck with you. So that finally say, hey, he's not the fucking Buddha. Maybe what's going on that you are. This is what happens. Just watch it. You can learn a whole lot by a very little. The theme is inherent. The theme of self-centeredness is inherent in all of its fucking little gymnastics. You see one move, you can count, you can recognize the whole, you'll recognize the same thing in all the moves. Yeah? First move is claiming. Selfing doesn't have a life, it claims yours. So now, thoughts are your thoughts, feelings are your feelings, actions are your feelings. Alright? Here's that. So now it has claimed everything, and therefore now it's, these are in my possession, now it's going to think about them. I should be a better thinker. I can't let people know this thought. This is a bad thought, and a person of my standing shouldn't have a thought like this, and on and on. So it produces a petri dish for mentation. Tons of mentation. Just because that little activity was claimed. The difference between a feeling and my feeling is huge. Huge. The difference between a thought and my thought is unbelievably huge. Yeah? This is hell. One is just whatever it is, the next is a mental hell. The people who are in a mental hell are not captured by thoughts, they're captured by my thoughts. They, they are identified as the thinker or the object of the thought. That's the hell. Not the thought. The someone who's in good shape will have the same thought and will have no effect on them. It's not the thought. It's the my of it. The my is the bonding mechanism. The claiming is the bonding mechanism. This is a knee that's hurt. It's a huge different story than when it's my knee. When it's my knee it hurt, the immediate, the immediate idea that it shouldn't be hurting comes up. <laughs> because why? It's my knee. I don't care if your knee hurts, but my knee, I don't, it shouldn't be hurting. Or someone says, I hurt my knee. Did I actually take a hammer and hit my knee? No, the knee got hurt. But no, the statement is, I heard it. <laughs> I thought this. I felt this. I'm not integrated. Stay integrated. Give me a fucking break. No one here is integrated. There's no perfect people. There's no authentic self. Don't buy it. 
There is no fucking authentic self. It's a random occurrence that, that's going on and 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 on. There's no self that stabilizes and becomes you. It's just a hodgepodge of thoughts and everything else going on. Yeah? There's no integration. It's a fucking story. It's freedom from the bondage of self. You know how many people think they think found your authentic self to be unauthenticated a year later? <laughs> they go through the, they get their notary public, I am a spiritual person, then they do something that sort of exiles them from that, okay, it's no one voided, you're not a spiritual person. Oh, fuck! I was the authentic self for a year, now I'm the unauthentic self. Give me a, you know how insane that is? Throw both of them out. This is like being free from the need to be liberated. Give me a break. It's a false, it's a false holy grail that a human action figure can become liberated. You just, you're relieved of the identification as the action figure and then you realize you're prior to liberation. You don't need freaking liberation. You're prior to it. You don't need freedom from bondage. You're prior to the bondage. I don't care how much you believe you're screwed. Ultimately, you're not screwed. No matter how much you think you're screwed, it can only reach the level of seemingly so. It can only appear to be true to you. How many times did you feel like you were fucked and it drove yourself crazy when all your friends didn't, think, didn't see you as fucked? They'd be going, what the fuck's wrong with you? You're fucked. No, I'm, I'm so fucked. What? I saw you yesterday, you look exactly the same. Now you're telling me you're totally fucked. What happened? I don't know, but I'm, I'm fucked. Oh, okay, shit. I had situations, I swear to God. I was in a relationship with someone a long, long time ago. She had tons of pictures. Every picture I looked really happy. But my story was I was unhappy. Everyone said it was a surprise to them. You looked as happy as hell. I got to surf every day. Had a house in Australia near the beach. Had a couple of boogie boards, my health. But I, I had a belief, an idea, a story that I was unhappy. I gotta get out of this situation. This heaven is killing me, you know? It's just all fucking surfing every day and fuck, shit. Yeah, all made up. All the pictures, happy, happy, happy. Oh <laughs> no, story, bummed out, bummed out, bummed out. Which one over? The story. Made a decision based on self. There you go. It doesn't say I did. It made a decision based on self. A decision was made based on self. The self is not me. Yeah? Other decisions cannot be based on self. So let's say some decisions are based on self-centeredness, and then other decisions are based from centeredness. If you wear them for a while, both of them, you'll realize the centeredness seems to work out for everyone better. Yeah? The self-centeredness, it may look like it worked out you for a very short time, but it ultimately blows up. But the other one, it seems everyone, it works out for everyone. So a decision, it's not you making the decision, it's based on where the mind's resting. If it's resting on self-centeredness, a lot of decisions are going to be based on self. If it's rest on centeredness, a lot of decisions will be based on centeredness. You've, you've, you've tried both, pick the one that seems to work better. You can recognize it after a while. Can't you? You can't you recognize the feeling when the decision is being based on self? Contraction, anxiety. Yeah, you don't like to share it much with anyone else. <laughs> Maybe I should run this by someone. No, no, I gotta keep this to myself. It's such a fucking great idea. They may, they may steal it from me. 
No, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> he said, how do you recognize it? You know you're up going to get it. You know, it's going to whack you. <laughs> Other one, decision based on self, you can share it with people because it's not just you. It's all right, you know. So right there is a decision to decide whether or not to go. No, yes, there is a decision. There's a decision, but there's no one who has a decision. There's a decision, but there's no one who has the decision. You don't, see, your belief is there's got to be someone to decide. It's arrogance of self. A lot of shit's happening that has nothing to do with self, and yet it's still happening. It never had anything to do with self, and it's still happening. It's not like you finally decided, oh, I'm not the decider. Has the decision still occurred? Of course it has, because it had nothing to do with you as a decider. About my own life? About everyone's. There's just decisions being made. Why do we constantly have that? It's like this, the logic of self-centeredness is incredible. If an action occurs, there must have been an actor. Can't there just be actions? Can't there just be verbing? Why does, why does it have to be a noun somewhere? If it's not you that did it, or I did it, then it's God that did it. Somehow we want to know the final cause of everything. Why? It's insane. Decisions are made, aren't they? Aren't they? Decisions are made. They are. You made a decision to come here tonight, seemingly or not. You made a decision. But there's no you that made a decision. You're stuck with the idea that a decision has to imply there must be a you doing it. Who says that? Well, then I want to know who made it. <laughs> You're lucky you're far away, because I'd fucking <laughs> cut your head off with a sword if you were closing. And then it would still talk. <laughs> you made a decision to cut my head off. <laughs> You get the final word with your head rolling around. <laughs> All right, I did, and I enjoyed it. Yes. So, when you were telling your story about Polly, you said it was a decision based on self. Yes. And that put you in a position to be hurt. Yes. So, when you say a decision based on self, you're just saying. It's, it's not the same as saying selfishness. Whether, I mean, if it was a decision... Well, it probably would have selfishness in it. No, it's a decision based on self. In other words, you feel like you made the decision. But you, it's actually... What? It doesn't matter if you... What? It doesn't matter if you no, because the intention was in yours anyway. I mean, if you were letting him stay with you to, to help him, rather than you letting him stay with you to, to help you, I read it as that you took it as... You were selfish in that decision, something to benefit you, and it ended up hurting you. Whether, and on the other side, if you had been helpful to someone else, not thinking of yourself, it could have still turned out to be a problem, but. Do you see what I'm saying? I do see what you're saying. <laughs> there was a decision based on self, yes? Just based on truth. That's right. Now, you've had a lot of experiences in your life or decisions that you could sense it was coming from somewhere else, yeah? You may call it the better you, but that's just a story. It just came from another aspect of mind, yeah? And that has, seems to have a lot more wisdom. It sort of like goes with the flow, like the way of Tao, yes? So now you seem to be aligned with a bigger current or a bigger movement, and it seems to work better. Then, something happens, a decision is based, comes out of self, 
The idea of being a self, yeah? The contracting, very short-sighted, trying to get a large benefit without and not worrying about the consequences, though there'll be plenty, yes? You're not the decider of that either. It's just mind, yeah? Mind moving to this, mind rests here, then it energizes decisions coming from that modality is resting in self. Mind rests in centeredness, now it's, mo- it's energizing decisions made from there. There's not a you to be found in any of this. Of course, any time a decision's made, there's the claiming that it was you, and then there's rationalizations, excuses, and blames that arise to further the failedness of the system after it claims it. Yeah? So it claimed this movement or this this option, and now it's made a story out of it. And then if the option doesn't work out, and it fucking blames others or excuses itself or rationalizes why it didn't work out. You know, so it covers for the failed system and just, just instead of recognizing, hey, how can I miss it? Of course this has to happen because it came from a failed system. It's got to reflect its nature, which is failedness, in all of its expressions. Yeah? And the same thing, when I see that something's working, this decisions are coming out of, let's say, centeredness, it's not me that's centered. The mind is now centered. Yeah? And I can tell where the mind is, like Jesus says, I'll know the tree by its fruits. So I can start seeing, hey, this is really working out pretty good. I didn't give in to the fear, and I didn't let that person move in. And I had the money to pay for the thing, and I found someone I really liked, and all this work. And then you realize, oh, that's the fruits of that tree. And that tree is good, because the fruits are good. And a good tree cannot bring forth bad fruit, as Jesus said in a parable. All right, I got it. After a while, seeing enough good fruit, you recognize the tree. Not you recognizing it. There's a recognition of it. So now the mind is caught there, and things go that way. Yeah? The habit is like a groove in a record. Selfing's got a, is in a groove, and what happens is, even when you're getting taken out of it, it wants to pull you back into the same old groove. Yeah? Yet you can recognize it's, you can diagnose it by seeing its effects. Claustrophobicness, anxiety, unwillingness to share, fear about it's not, I'm not going to get what I want to lose what I have. There you go. Now if the decision is made, be accountable for the results because they're going to land on you. Yeah? And hopefully you'll get it and go, oh man, I'd like to be free from that bondage of self. I can't do it, but I can be I can be taken and put into a state of neutrality. All right, I'm open to that. Let's go. But this whole idea that something always implies something else is baloney. It's a, it's a false logic. An action does not imply an actor. It only implies it to us. Cats don't have fucking guilt unless, they went, unless we've lent it to them by domesticating them. You know, you ever see dogs now? They look embarrassed when they're taking a shit. If they were wild dogs, they wouldn't look like, look around like, oh, you know, they got that weird posture, and you got them, they're like, you see them, they look embarrassed. Like they're, like they're owners. A wild dog shits shit everywhere. They eat the shit. Because they're not, they're not, they're not bonded with that idea of being the shitter. Yeah? 
You ever see birds? They never even know they're shitting. It just comes right out. They'll be eating and shitting at the same time. They don't, they don't, they don't pull the sphincter muscle close. Oh, did anyone see that? No, they're just burning and that's what's happening. But us, with self-centeredness, I shit. I took a shit. I farted. Oh, no, I should have... <laughs> fucking insane. The sense of being the doer. You don't see that as what's driving your fucking self crazy? Jesus, you're accountable, but don't take yourself to be responsible. Look at the example of alcoholism. Anyone here that's been taken over by alcoholism, where was your choice? The decisions were made for you, through you, out of you, but not by you. They were through of you. Alcoholism made the decision. That's why all alcoholics usually end up in the same fucking place, but the same for the same modality of minds making the decisions for everybody. But that's where the decisions are getting cooked from. And they override all your predilections and all your conditionings. The parasite overrides your upbringing and everything like that and just runs you fucking ragged. Yeah? And if you're possessed. And if you don't feel like that, go out and then tell me what happens when you drink again. It's like a possession. Something takes you over and you have no say in the matter. In fact, it's because you never had any say in the matter. There's been so many different drivers in your life most of them unrecognized. One of them has been recognized, alcoholism, because it was revealed in 1935 in a book, 1939, so that if you've had that run your life, you can identify with it by listening to other people who've had it run their lives. So we can recognize that. Self-centeredness is much more difficult to recognize because people don't see it as a disease. Yet it's the, it's the mother and father of all disease. We're here to point it out. Some of us, it, it rings true. Okay, I'm telling you, the best way to get out of it is realize you're not in it. But I feel it. What you're feeling, yeah, sure, sure. It sure seems like it's true. But what you are is not the feeler, not the thinker, not the hearer, not the seer. There's just hearing, seeing, feeling, thinking, tasting, touching, deciding, not deciding, doing this, doing that. It's all going on like a huge verb, like a huge, huge verb with no noun to be found. Our mental condition puts nouns in there to make a story about it. And we're suffering from it. If you're not, you wouldn't be here. Or you're here because you've gotten relief from it. So now you know about the bondage of self from the relief from it, yeah, which is a great way to know it. Knowing it under the bondage is not knowing it. You have no idea what's going on. But from the solution, you get to realize what was happening. Yeah? You're freed from it. And when you're freed from it, you realize you were never bonded to it. It was a story. Yes. I'm stoked tonight. I'm calming down. She's worried, but no. The energy is not from Yeah.